he said it because of his wet blanket energy. <laughs> unhinged. Hello and welcome to She's All Batch. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jackie. And we don't care if you're here for the right reasons. We are just happy that you are here. So come join us as we talk shit about our favorite show. All right, guys, let's creep. Okay, so we know that Peter is single, but we have an update that he is back in action on the dating apps because one of our listeners found his dating profile. Ah! So he is active on Bumble. Our listener unfortunately did not match with him, but she sent me the screenshots of his dating profile. So he is like fully trying to move on from Kelly. I will say that his profile is pretty standard. We've covered his profile in the past, but he now has a picture of him and his brother pretending to be airplanes while holding up his Adventures of Pilot Pete book as one of his photos. Oh, that's cute. Well, that's what I was going to ask if it is different from when we did our deep dive into Bachelor profiles, which if you guys haven't heard that or watched it, because that one is a video version, it's on our Patreon, but... um. I was curious to know if he has updated it since then, because that means he's, like, really active on the dating apps. Like, not only did he just, like, sign back on and was swiping, he was, like, reassessing his whole image. He's like, what can I do to increase my chances? A lot of it's the same. His main picture is, like, something that I see all the time on Google. It's like an old Peter. Peter in his prime. I don't Mm -hmm. think this is a current photo. Um, Yes, but I think his brother and him pretending to be airplanes— You're saying it's cute. I think it's a questionable choice, but maybe he wants people to ask him, what is that book? Did you happen to write that? Yeah, I'm trying to think what kind of message he's trying to send. Like, is it, is he trying to send like, right, bring up the book because that's an exciting fact about me that's not Bachelor related? Or is he trying to be like, ooh, I wrote a children's book. I'm good with kids. It's giving daddy. Okay, but it doesn't say he's a pilot, so if they're just making airplane motions, I think that's weird. Not knowing that it's the picture, please. Like, can you show it to me via this Zoom call? Oh, I don't think it's that weird. Okay, Jackie, if you didn't know this was a pilot, you'd be like, "Why are your arms like that?" I don't know. They were just posing. They were just striking a pose, like Spice Girls style. In a world where everyone gives everyone else the ick, I think that's a questionable choice. Maybe you should. You change it up. He does have a picture of him running next to water shirtless. So. Okay. That's nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Is it, what are his prompts? Did he change them from the last time we saw them? Like any, any funny little tidbits? Cause those, I will say as a single person who is sometimes on the apps, not really the prompts are the hardest part. And that's the part where I think you can really bring the most people in. Cause you have to pick things that are conversation starters. Mm Mm-hmm. But he does bring up his dog, Trip, which I know that he always brings up his dog, Trip, on his profile. But Trip passed away. Oh. Yeah. Trip passed away this past year, I think. He had posted about it. Wait, no. Um, It says, okay. I live for adventure and am excited to find someone to share it with. I'm family-oriented and a huge dog lover. His name is Trip and he's my best friend. So he hasn't updated his bio. Maybe it's too hard for him to update. So he just left I mean, it it would be hard for me. That's devastating. I can't even imagine... R.A.P. trip. Seriously. Well, keeping in the topic of Peter and Kelly, so I subscribe to Chris Harrison's podcast. Ask me why. I'm not sure anymore. But something that came into my feed over the weekend was a Chris Harrison podcast, and the title is A Dramatic Reveal About Kelly and Peter. And I'm like, well, 
hold up. There's no way you actually have any tea to spill. But when preparing for the, this episode, I'm like, well, let me go try to listen. Yeah. I'll yeah. skim through and try to find it. When I fucking tell you, I skimmed through the entire episode looking for when he said Peter or Kelly. And then I was going to stop because I'm not going to mm-hmm. fucking sit there and listen to 45 minutes of this podcast. I went through the the entire podcast, got to the end, did not find it. Then I go, I'm like, maybe it's towards the middle. I finally find it. This man says... We don't know why Peter and Kelly <gasps> broke up. We wish them all the best. And then they go on to talk about relationships, like their type of relationship. Like, oh, you have that person in your life that you break up with a bunch and you get back together with. Yeah, what was the exact quote about the Peter and Kelly thing in the... So that's the title of the episode. The title of the episode is A Dramatic Reveal About Kelly and Peter and also Chris Wet- Curse's Wedding because he goes into... Sure. He fucking talks with Lauren Zima about his wedding now. But... You know by putting that as your title, people are going to want to listen, thinking that maybe you have some insight about why they broke up. And you literally just say, we don't know why they broke up, but we wish them all the best. Anyway. So what's the dramatic reveal? That they broke up? That's not a <laughs> reveal. But uh, Like, we've known that for weeks now, but thanks, Chrissy. Yeah, thanks. We, we've heard about that on She's All Batch two weeks ago. Yeah, you're late to the game. So I think it's... The reason why it says dramatic is because... I think it's, it's the a play. most dramatic pod ever. Yeah, and I think he. I think it's like a joke. Is it? I didn't find it funny. I didn't I laugh. Have, I have a lot of questions about this strategy. First of all, how dare you, Chris Harrison? <laughs> I feel duped. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I had to scroll through the entire episode and not find the t- actual topic. I mean, it's literally the definition of clickbait. I think that's just like a low blow because you know that's like something people are interested in or whatever. And if you literally have no information to add... Even, like, one little thing could have, I'm like, okay, that may not be the biggest, most dramatic revelation, but at least if you were adding something, sure, right. use it in the like, title. There's literally nothing to add. It's like, this is a thing. I thought okay, he was going on. to say something about Kelly being in the audience during Peter's After the Final Rose. Because, like, like he was the host during that time. Mm-hmm. So I thought he was going to be like, oh, here's the reason why. But didn't we find out, like, Kelly tweeted, producers asked me to come, and literally there was no reason. Yeah, they just I don't wanted believe me that, to be though. there. I do not believe that for a second. But Chris, during that episode, was like, and why is Kelly here? After these messages, we'll get back to you. And, like, nothing ever fucking happened. Well, that's because that whole finale got derailed by Barb, kind of, like, doing all the things. I think had there been extra time, maybe they would have done something with it. My conspiracy theory is that Kelly and Peter had been in some sort of contact and... They were hoping to kind of, like, loop that into this whole conversation around, like, Hannah Ann, Madison, the Hannah Brown thing that got brought up by Hannah Ann and that same thing. And then I think there was probably some way to tie Kelly in if the opportunity was there. But, of course, she's not going to say that or admit to that. But I think there was something brewing. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think Chris may need to re-strategize, refocus, maybe have a meeting with Lauren Zima and figure out how they're going to move forward. Because this isn't it. This isn't what's going to get the subscribers. How the numbers are doing. Because when he first launched, obviously, it was, like, the biggest podcast. Yeah, it was the number one podcast, like, in America. Yeah. I don't think him (sighs) saying, we wish Kelly and Peter all the best, is going to get similar numbers. That's just me, though. Yeah. So we'll see. Moving on. 
So, Clayton, speaking of clickbait, Chris Howard said clickbaiting, we actually do have a clip from clickbait because Clayton, our bestie, went on clickbait and shared who he has his eye on from The Bachelor World, but also not just who he has his eye on, who he says he's talking to. Like, he's, they're like in, they're in talks. They're like DMing. sliding in DMs? It seems like it. Listen to the clip and then okay. we'll talk. Just just throw out a name of who you potentially were interested in. Do you want to throw it out there? <sighs> um, oh, man, should I? You don't have to. I was just messing with you. I mean, if you want to, uh, go for it. If you want to, go for it. Do it, Clayton. Uh, gonna, uh, I'll just, I'll just, I'm feeling a little dangerous. I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm talking to this person, like, so, but we're not dating or anything yet. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see where that heads. But, um, you know what? Uh, from all things that I can see on social media and from what I saw on TV, uh, I think her name was uh, Jess. Jess was, was pretty cute, yeah. Okay, so one, does this mean he's going to paradise? Or I don't know. I'm more confused by him saying, I'm talking to someone. We're not dating yet. I think mm-hmm. her name is Jess. You think? I, did you he don't say, know? I think her he name did. is? I yeah. thought he said, like, I don't Hold on. Play it again. We'll see where that heads, but... Um, you know what? Uh, from all things that I can see on social media and from what I saw on TV, uh, I think her name was uh, Jess. Jess was, was pretty cute. Yeah. Uh, pretty he cute says, I think her name, uh, Jess. I think he was just like nervous about saying the name. I don't yeah. think he actually doesn't know her name. <laughs> He's like, we're um, talking. I'm pretty sure her name is Jess. It could be Gabby or Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To him, he gets confused easily, you know. Um, well, I, I ship this. I hope this means we'll see Clayton on Paradise, and I hope then this is setting a trend of former leads continuing to go on Paradise, because I know there's been a lot of speculation. Oh, will Rachel go? Will Gabby go? They've said they're open to it, and that Michelle. would be a good season that I want to watch. So. I've said this this whole time. This is going to be the best Paradise season of all time. Like, ABC is finally waking up, I think, and they realize that they can't, well, I think they realize- You're putting way too much faith in ABC. I know. I, like, really don't know. You (laughs) can't just pluck last season's people that didn't win and put them on the beach. Like, you have Mm -hmm. to mix it up. And going back to further seasons like Clayton's and, you know, who else? Rachel, Gabby, Michelle, Clayton. Lace Morris. Yeah, we love I'd love to see her again. Like- I don't want to see who was the last. What's why am I blanking? What season did we just? Oh, I don't want to just see just Zach's girls. Like I want to like see Zach's other- girls with Charity's men. It's like yeah, okay, cool. Because I don't see a world where Jess doesn't go to Paradise because no, she was she's a pretty big sure prominent person in Zach's season. So if they're talking. What's wild for a true OG Bachelor fan, the fact that he's admitting that he's talking to Jess and they're going to be, if they both go to the (gasps) beach, that is the most taboo thing. Like, Samantha Steffen and Joe Bailey got crucified for doing that Mm -hmm. during, I think it was season two of Bachelor in Paradise. Such a good fucking season, guys. Go back and watch if you haven't seen it. But, like, that was the most taboo thing you could do on the beach. And the fact that he's just so casually saying, like, Maybe that's why he's saying I think that's her name, because he doesn't want to make it seem too serious. True, which I would understand. But I do think if that's where we're headed, where we can finally admit that, like, these are all people who hang out together in the same social circles. Of course, they've all met several times and we can move on past that being the crucial drama and get to actual drama. I think then the show is moving in the right direction 
and in a good place. I would really like to see them just embrace the fact that, like, this is a reality show. Yes, there are perks to getting on this show that are usually not discussed, and, and we villainize people for it, but why don't we, like, embrace that and use that as talking points for other better drama? Yeah, I think people have been pissed in the past, though, because, for example, if they put Jess on the beach first and Clayton doesn't come until week three, and then mm-hmm. Jess has some kind of phony relationship with someone until Clayton comes, but she was planning to be with Clayton all the whole time, yeah. that's fucked up to who... I mean, who didn't Michael do it to Sierra just this past season and people had a problem yeah. with it like if you have plans to meet up with someone in paradise and they're not there the same time as you you do have to kind of fake a relationship with someone else mm-hmm. so that's shitty and producers typically know who you're waiting for yeah shitty but like good for drama i think maybe we just shouldn't villainize people so much for faking relationships <laughs> yeah like they're they're trying to stay on the show and and to be clear because i've given a lot of crap to brendan murray's for doing this but it's not because he faked a relationship for me my issue with him was the way he spoke about natasha and just saying oh "Oh, yeah you didn't have any other options like that was what put it over the line for me but the fact of the matter is like that is something that creates drama is yeah maybe you have to be in a fake relationship to stay on the show because you want to stay on the show and let's just like acknowledge that that's part of this world that we're in and i guess you could never prove that someone faked the relationship because in in their defense they could always say i was open i'm not i'm not exclusive to clayton like i wanted to see i want to explore and then the guy comes down but that could be true yeah and also someone could pleasantly surprise jess she could go in with the intention of being like yeah when clayton comes down i'm gonna be with clayton but someone comes down and is like really hot and they really hit it off and now she's conflicted i think like that's also possible all right well Hopefully, we will see them both on the beach. Who knows? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Moving on. So, we have a conclusion to this Greg Grippo Taylor Swift story. They did, in fact, go. They bought the tickets, and they ended up getting front row Ugh. to Taylor Swift. Greg explains, though, they didn't that they didn't have to break the bank, and he goes into, like, his experience. So, this is what Greg said. Yeah, I need to know these details. You can clearly see. Um, we love Taylor. That was a great time. Um, it was worth every penny. And you're a Swifty now. I am a Swifty. You know, I'm, I'm a proud Swifty. I'm in my um, what's it called? What were you saying? What era? Reputation. I'm in my reputation era. Um, and if you're in Nashville and you're looking to go, do not buy the tickets just yet. Wait two hours beforehand because those. Tickets drop. I mean, like a fraction of the price. Um, I'm sure it's the same for every city, but we got them for so cheap. Yeah. <laughs> um, so enjoy. And she was incredible. That was probably the best concert I've been to. Um, you guys were right. I. That's the one thing about me. I don't care <laughs> when I'm wrong. Ugh, I wish he would have thrown a number out there because it's like when you say so cheap for front row, what does that mean? I need to know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I mean, the, he's at a fraction of the price. And this is like... Yeah, but the price was what? $10,000 or something crazy? That's true. A fraction. So a fraction could, could be 1000 But that's like, to most people, not a cheap concert ticket by any means. Well, so I'm yes. just curious. And we covered this story like last week or the week before when Greg was complaining about Victoria wanting to go. And mm-hmm. he said that he was looking at tickets that were 2100 ish yeah, so maybe seats. it's a fraction of that. But then they got front yeah. row. 
Which that would be great. Like maybe right. a couple hundred dollars for front row Taylor Swift. Like I paid yeah, a couple hundred insane. dollars. And my seats are bad both times. I also did – I again, I'm not like closely following this whole Taylor mm-hmm. thing. But like I was under the impression they were completely sold out. This everywhere. They are, but people are reselling their tickets. So like – after the Ticketmaster thing, all tickets were sold. So then there wasn't even a general sale or anything like that. Like, it was done. But people can resell on, like, StubHub or um, things like that. And then they just pick what the price is. That's why the price goes down right before the concert because they're like, they're trying oh, to shit, no one bought these tickets. Like, I need to get my money back. So then they lower the price significantly. Ah. I mean, that's honestly a really good tip, guys. So if you're looking to go to a Taylor Swift concert mm-hmm. or any concert, maybe just – by, but it's also risky because then you may not end up right exactly i always it's like a baseball scalper i always wonder mm-hmm. like do those people ever find people to buy tickets i'm sure they do right well but i mean who's I'm, going like, to the know. stadium like going to the, the stadium is such a to do yeah to yeah. go without tickets is like really i know weird but people do it because I, I think you can get a pretty good deal i don't know i mean i yeah. don't really i don't do sports if you guys couldn't have guessed um, I do Taylor. That is my Super Bowl. I'm doing sports for my husband's birthday next week, and I got uh, Mets tickets. Fun. Yeah, so I'm probably going to see a few scalpers. Oh, report so, back. See yeah, if they're I'll, getting any customers. Please let us know. <laughs> I'll go up to them. Like, I have to ask you some questions. Like, yeah, like, are, are you even selling things? Like, <laughs> what is the price? What's going on? Are you just, like, hanging here and, like, no one ever buys your tickets? Because that's a yeah. risky business to be in. Yes, it is. It is not a very lucrative um come like what's the word guaranteed income stream right maybe needs a second job if you're a scalper um also greg saying that he is like now a swifty that's the hottest thing any man can ever say Mm, especially to you i know but just in general like if you're a man who doesn't like taylor swift like i'm i don't know i'm just judging you because how could you not and even if you're like oh her music's not for me but i like respect her as an artist that even is fine but when people are just like i hate her i'm like why because people have to bitch about everything i know but it is funny to see greg come this far i mean he's gone from being like the wet blanket energy mm-hmm. king she said it because of his wet blanket energy to he, like there he couldn't be a drier blanket these days like he's so maybe, happy maybe it's victoria making the difference i mean they seem to have a great time at the concert i saw some other tiktok or something of them like screaming one of her songs together like they seem to be having a really fun time. And if they're, if they're both in their reputation era, that's a good era to be in because they're like, I don't give a fuck if everyone hates me. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, is that what they meant? I thought he just liked that that CD. That, oh, that, the CD. That, com- that, that compact VHS cassette <laughs> tape. Um, I don't know. I feel like when you say, what era are you in? It's like, what's your vibe? But he could also just oh. be liking the songs on Reputation. But a Reputation era is like a fuck the haters era. I don't care. I'm wearing all black and sequins. Right. What's your, what's your era? What are you in right now? Um, I don't know them all. Like, I, I really like the song Cruel Summer, so I guess I'm in my lover era. In your lover era. Okay. That's a good era. I feel like you are in your lover era. Okay, thanks. It's like happy, bright, you like bright colors. I do. Right. I was actually just going to say that <laughs> the the cover of her CD, her compact disc, um, compact of her lover disc. is like pinks and purples and blues. And it's yeah. like probably the most that I identify with out of all of them. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your mm-hmm. era? Um, I mean, Reputation is my favorite album, but these Really? Are, yeah. That was a I good album. Wh- wait, I thought what that was mean? like, I don't know. I thought that was like- 
what people say is her worst. Maybe I have that mixed up. It might commercially be the worst um, because she came out of like a, being in a place where the public kind of really didn't like her. Um, but I think aesthetically as an album, the fact that it's like moody and dark, but then the undertones of it or like when, that's when she's first like meeting Joe. So it's like you're moody and in a dark place and everyone hates you, but you're falling in love and it's beautiful. Mm. And like, I don't know. I just think aesthetically and cohesively as an album, it's good. Currently though... I would say I'm in my Midnight's era because I'm just like, Karma is my boyfriend. I'm thriving, 30 flirty and thriving. I'm bejeweled. Mm. I miss you, but I miss sparkling. Diamonds gotta shine. I just, I'm feeling myself. And and you're the problem. (laughs) It's you. Oh yeah, obviously I'm the problem. (laughs) That goes without saying. Um, And yeah, and so now this is a Taylor Swift podcast. And going forward, that's all we're going to be talking about. She's all Swift. Uh, So glad that Greg is a Swifty. Glad that he gave Victoria, like he did this all to make his girlfriend happy. And then he turns out he really likes it too. So that just shows that he is being a really good boyfriend to her. And maybe she is bringing out the best in him. And she's dried that blanket. So true. She put it in the in-unit washer dryer. All right. Well, moving on. Okay, so our current Patreon episode is Bachelor Blinds, all about the Bachelor, all about the blind world, but specifically mm-hmm. the Bachelor Blind world. So on our Patreon, there's an episode with Troy McGeady, who co-hosts Beyond the Blinds. And we're going to share a little preview clip of what this episode is all about. Is there anyone else from Bachelor Nation that are um, repetitive offenders in in blind item world? Um, well, Nick Vial is a very big blind item person. Mm-hmm. What else do they say about him though? Or or just maybe he's like very full of himself. Do you want to read? <laughs> yeah. You came you came prepared today, so you actually have one yeah. or two. Do you want to read it in like your style that you read it on the podcast? I'm going to be <laughs> okay. starstruck. Oh, in my style, which is just starring. <laughs> Starting. No, that's my style. No, I just love like your voice and your cackle and everything. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Okay, <laughs> this is a good one. This is from 2019 and this was revealed. So enough people guessed the answer that the person who wrote it revealed it and said, yes, this is about Nick Vial. So it's from November 20th, 2019. It says, one of the most hated bachelors ever keeps trying to make it look like he's dating this B plus list, mostly television actress who not that long ago had her very own almost network show. She's not having it, though, and his latest PR stunt is probably not the best move. Despite her love of promotional photos, she is very famously private. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so if you guys want to know who the actress is, as well as so many other, like, Bachelor tea oh things, God. like, there's a lot of stuff in there about Sean Lowe that I believe, Stephanie does not believe it, so... Let us know, sound off in the comments below what you think about them. Shady things happening at bachelor weddings. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we also get into a little bit just like generally the blind item world because I wasn't really familiar with that whole world until semi-recently when all these podcasts started popping up about blind items. But Troy goes into kind of like where they get this stuff from, if it's reputable, um, we talk a little bit about Paris Hilton, a little bit about Britney stuff, which you guys know how passionate I am about our girl Britney. We need, we also need like a full Patreon Britney episode. I feel like I think so. people yeah. really want it. And we I should definitely... honestly bring Troy back on for it because he's an expert. It's nuts. Um, Kim Kardashian, we kind of cover mm-hmm. a lot of pop culture in general with also Bachelor Blinds in there. A lot of good anonymous tea floating around mm-hmm. the internet and... I think you guys are going to want to listen to this one. So check that out at patreon.com slash she's all batch. 
Okay, guys, Stephanie from the future adding in one last story to the segment because I don't know if you heard, but Monday night, Brandon and Serene turned Bachelor Nation on its head by announcing that they have decided to split. Now, if you're hearing this for the first time, I'm sorry I didn't give you any type of warning, but like... I was shook when I saw their Instagram post. So this is what they said in a joint statement together. After many months, today, we have ultimately decided to end our engagement. We have tried to work privately on a relationship which has been incredibly challenging in the public eye. This has been immensely hard to accept and painful as there is a lot of love between the two of us. We are deeply hurting and can only ask that there be no hate. The best path for us at this time is to try and move forward and heal from this as individuals. That may be the most heartbreaking bachelor breakup announcement I've ever read, and I've read quite a few, but usually it's like, please respect our privacy. We'll be rooting for one another. We remain friends. But this statement is just so sad and it gives off the vibe that they don't necessarily want this to be the case, but ultimately come to the conclusion that it has to be. Maybe they just realize that they are not compatible together and it's disappointing and sad, especially when, like, America puts you up on this pedestal. Like, I think that's what they're referring to when they said it's been incredibly challenging in the public eye. Like, they were at the top of the pyramid. They were Maddie, and everyone was rooting for them. And a majority of the comments on this post is, love is not real. I didn't see this coming. If you guys can't make it, who can? And I'm sure that type of pressure behind the scenes, like, really digs at your relationship because I'm sure behind the scenes, they're just a regular couple that has problems like anyone else. But America has been seeing them as this like bachelor nation royalty. And I'm sure it's hard to live up to. I also think there's something detrimental to falling too hard too fast. And obviously the show kind of pushes you to do that. Brandon has definitely been a hopeless romantic on this show. And you're falling so quickly for a person on a television show that you may overlook some things that you wouldn't normally overlook if you were dating them in the real world. And then you get off the show and you're already engaged. So like, if things go wrong, it's like, well, fuck, what are we going to do? We we have the Neil Lane ring. Let's try to work it out as best we can. Some comments from Bachelor Nation. Uh, Katie Thurston commented and said, healing publicly is difficult. She would know. Sending you both love and strength during this time. Clayton Eckerd said, y'all are both incredible people, and I hope you were able to find peace and clarity during this time here for you both. Also, side note, Serene was on Clayton's season, and I totally forgot that. That's a crazy memory to jog. But yeah, I mean, we're wishing Brandon and Serene all the best and hope that they can find the closure. Like Celine Dion once said, I hope their hearts will go on. Moving on. So I don't know if, if any of you guys follow me on Instagram. You saw um, a week or two ago, I was in LA and then went to Palm Springs with some of my friends. We did like a little birthday celebration and it was so fun. But obviously that was like a very big weekend of like eating, drinking, traveling, which I feel like always just kind of <laughs> makes my stomach feel not good. But I ended up using the JS vitamin detox and de-blow vitamins probably every single day. And I shared them with all my friends. They really do work. And that's what kept me going throughout the entire weekend. Because sometimes when you're just like not feeling great, you need something to just kind of settle, reset, get you in the right headspace to continue to poison your body with alcohol and food. Keeping you going, like literally going, because I know for me, the detox de-bloat, if I want to like really go and feel mm -hmm. better, I take it. This detox and de-bloat pill is like a godsend. Uh, 
They are a science-focused vitamin and wellness brand that provides targeted formulas to help you meet your personal health goals. And they use the highest quality ingredients backed by research. But they don't just have detox and deep bloat vitamins. They also have stuff for your skin, digestion, sleep, stress, hair loss, and more. And I'm totally loving them. Like, do you, I use them every single day, but I would think that like, yeah, using it on vacation would be helpful because you can tend to get irregular while you're traveling. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a lot, especially like with the jet lag and everything, it was, was such a lifesaver for the entire week. So the Detox and Deep Bloat is their tried and true global bestseller. It is loved within their community. This powerful formula is designed to support natural detoxification processes and reduce bloating, leaving you feeling like yourself again. Yes, exactly. It can contains a unique blend of carefully selected ingredients, including turmeric, milk thistle, and fennel to support liver function and promote healthy digestion. So now it is your turn to reclaim your gut health and feel the comfort and confidence that you deserve. Hell yeah. So you could go to JS healthvitamins.com and use code she's all batch 15 that will get you 15% off your first order or subscription start your wellness journey today with detox and debloat by JS health vitamins again that's JS health vitamins use code she's all batch 15 for 15% off Okay, so it is finally starting to feel like summer in New York, and I am so excited for that, but honestly, I do have a love-hate relationship with this season because it's such a fun time. Everyone's like out and about on rooftops. I love summer in New York, but it's also a very, very sweaty time. Yes, and that's why when you are out and about, you need Lumi deodorant in your purse. Lumi has some of the best deodorant scents like lavender sage, clean tangerine, and fresh alpine. Also, toasted coconut, which Jackie and I have told you guys mm -hmm. is the best one. You're going to want to eat it. But you'll smell better than ever. They also launched new scents, including mint cucumber and soft powder, which I also really like the soft powder. And they're just really great summer scents. Totally. Like, guys, the toasted coconut one smells like you're just, like, on a tropical island, and that's the vibe we all need to have wherever we are all summer long. Lumi was created by an OBGYN who discovered and proved in clinical testing that the vagina is not to blame for day-to-day -day odor below the belt, so she developed Lumi, a uniquely formulated pH-balanced deodorant. It's aluminum-free, skin-safe, and clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours. Yes, please. Yeah, and Lumi is a whole-body deodorant for pits, privates, and beyond, so not just for your armpits. It could go anywhere all over the body, and it's proven to block odor all day long. And if you guys are interested, Lumi Starter Pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream, tube deodorant, and two free products of your choice, which could be a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for our new listeners, get $5 off a Lumi Starter Pack with code SHESALLBATCH at lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com with code SHESALLBATCH. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code She's all batch. All right, we're going to kick off Bachelor Encounters. You guys know that's when you submit stories of meeting Bachelor Nation in the wild, and we read about those stories on air, and it is a good time. Wouldn't you say, Jackie, if you were to describe it as A, a good time, B, B a medium time, a medium time, or C, like a really bad time, what would you describe it as? I would definitely describe it as A, a good time. Ding, 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 ding. That is correct. I thought you were going to have to poll the audience for that one. Remember? Who oh, wants to be phone a, a friend. Phone a yeah. friend. That was a good show. <laughs> okay. So this one, uh, this first one comes in about Rachel Lindsay. 
Hi, Stephanie and Jackie. I love your podcast. I look forward to hearing your episodes every week. I appreciate your deep investigative journalism and your humor. You crack me up. Oh my God, I love this encounter already. I've watched all the Bachelor franchise shows since day one and have never missed one, except the second half of Juan Pablo's because it was too painful to watch. So you can imagine how excited I was when I learned that Rachel Lindsay was going to be at some of the same events I was going to be at. How did you learn that? I'm a right, Minnesota. And what events? How did you learn events? events? Tell us. I'm a Minnesota State Teacher of the Year. Wow. Congrats. And our 2019 cohort was being honored in New Orleans at the National College Football Championship in January of 2020. There were several days of events leading up to the game. And right before the championship game, we were at Mardi Gras World for the Taste of the Championship. Rachel was there because she was an an ambassador to the College Football Playoff Foundation. And she brought Brian. Wow. Lindsay and Brian were extremely generous with their time and their energy. We spent at least a half hour talking about their experiences on the show and after. I had a lot of questions. They were so kind and authentic. Coincidentally, Mardi Gras World was where Nick and Lindsay had their date on Nick's season, so she told me she had just texted him that she was there. Aw. It was definitely the highlight of my NOLA experience. I am now the owner of a Word Haven book house in Wisconsin, and I proudly have a picture of the three of us on the wall. See attached. Then she sent a, she sent a photo of the three of them. Well, good. I'm glad that um, Rachel and Brian were really nice. I mean, I feel like we never get anything bad really about Rachel, Lindsay, or her husband, Brian. Like, she just seems like such a nice, like, bright personality. Yeah. And I mean, she's distanced herself from the franchise, but like she's mm-hmm. doing her thing and is, yeah, seems to be kind to everybody that still wants to talk about the show. Cause there's totally. one thing if you're like, I'm distancing myself from the franchise and I'm going to make you feel bad if you bring it up to me, but she mm-hmm. seems to be like totally open if she runs into a fan. Yeah. Which is so nice. Bachelor encounter. I'm a new listener, but I have an encounter. We'll take it, whether you're new or Mm -hmm. old. Two months ago, I was in the HEB, the grocery store in Austin, and I was leaving the checkout line, pushing my cart. I stepped in blackberries that were on the ground. So I'm walking to the exit as I'm trying to get the blackberries off my shoe, and I look up, and Mike Johnson is walking in with a girl. We made eye contact, and I panicked because I didn't know how to handle it with the blackberries on my shoe, and I ran out. Ha, 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 ha. He's even better looking in person. It's wild. Well, I love the little details about the blackberries. Very important and necessary. And just like a funny little image of you trying to get your blackberries off your shoe and then Mike coming in and you're being like, ah, I can't say hi because of the blackberries. Um, I need to know more about this girl he was with, though. This is like an iconic, like, I was picking a booger and my crush saw me. And like, she's trying to get Mm. the blackberries off her shoe, which, by the way, it sounds like you're like getting a blackberry phone off of your shoe. I know, when I was saying blackberry, I kept in my mind thinking the phone because I just I don't know I'm confused with the blackberries though too it was, was a grocery there, like, store spill in aisle seven and you stepped in it that mm-hmm. sucks D- yeah. did you alert someone or you were too busy running away from Mike Johnson my understand or my interpretation because it's all up to interpretation this is art was that this was in the parking lot so someone w- like maybe in their cart was like riding out but then the blackberries fell out and they didn't realize and then she's walking out of the grocery store and then steps in blackberries. Oh, okay. You know? Well, let us know, because I'm dying to know. Right. And yeah, if there I, was a spill in aisle seven and they didn't clean it up, it's and probably that's why still you have blackberries there. on your shoe, it's probably still there. Yeah. Weeks later. Also, did Mike and his girl, whoever this girl may be, girl. step in the blackberries? So true. Maybe they stepped in them 
on the way out as well. Also, I don't know, not not to like take too many leaves, but going to a grocery store with someone, just the two of you, is a romantic activity. Sorry. Yeah. Like you're never going to call up a friend, a casual friend, and be like, hey, like, I guess you would maybe do that. Hey, want to go to the grocery store? But it's way more likely that you would go if you guys are dating. No, that's them. That's them being like, oh, let's go to the store and make cakes and make dinners. Yeah. Yeah, Let's pick out the ingredients Mm -hmm. and be so cute because we're in the new early stages of our relationship. And that's before it gets complicated. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what that is. Okay. Next one. Hi, Stephanie. Big fan of the pod over here. Side note, I was already not listening to Nick's podcast because I hate his takes, but definitely never listening again after trash talking my favorite pod. Thank you. That's very nice. We're your favorite pod. I know. So you agree we're a better podcast. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I had a bachelor encounter with Dawson Dimitri. (gasps) Brady Haven's parents that Uh, happened it happened in 2019 right before the pandemic Ashley posted the night before they had a surprise meet and greet event in Indiana the next day and would post details shortly before I was hopeful they'd be in my area but what are the chances it was literally 20 minutes from my house so of course I had to go It ended up being an event at an aesthetics place to promote a butt lift thing which Ashley was having done which still makes me laugh lol But they were both really sweet, and I got to chat with them for a few minutes about the Almost Famous podcast and how they had never been to Chicago, which is close to where I live. So they were excited to go explore there the rest of the day. They were both so nice, incredibly good-looking in person. I'll send a pic that we took, which she did. Anyway, I love the pod and love the guests that you have on. Thank you so much. It's so sweet. What is this butt lift thing, Ashley? Do tell. I don't know. Like, was it an injection thing or, like, just a, like, not a BBL, right? But, like, a, I don't know. I know there's other procedures that you can get done. I don't really know the details. But something I do really like and appreciate about Ashley is that she's very transparent with the stuff that she gets done. And I just, like, I'm not against doing any plastic surgery, injections, whatever, literally go off. But I like when people are open about it just so that when people naturally compare themselves on Instagram, they know what they're comparing to. It just kind of like levels the field so that people don't get like a false sense of like what they should look like. You know totally. what I mean? Yeah. When you're in the public eye, it's like people are looking up to you. Right. And maybe being like, oh, why don't I look like that? Or why do I have this wrinkle or whatever? And it's like, well, but just know that like they're doing things to change that. So don't feel bad about yourself. Yeah. She brings up the Almost Famous podcast, and I have a question every single time I see the Almost Famous podcast mm-hmm. come up for me on Instagram, because why is Trista Sutter hosting it so often? Like, well, they, they seems like they have other hosts more often. Really? Yeah, and maybe I'm just not, to be honest, guys, I don't listen regularly, but I do follow them on Instagram, because, you know, Fotspa, and I want to support my friend. Mm-hmm. But I've been seeing a lot of clips with Trista hosting. With and ben? I don't know. No. Well, maybe Ashley and Ben want to kind of like move on from it. And so they're kind of trying to get another host in there so that they can take a step back. Because they're both doing so many other projects. Are they? Is Ben? What is Ben <laughs> I don't doing? know. The coffee company. Never oh, yeah. Forget. Right. No, I would never forget. But I wouldn't say that it. Well, I don't know. So I'm not. Well, but then Ashley has Audrey's and, you know, she does a lot of other influencer stuff. I could see how they're kind of wanting to put that on the back burner. Okay. So just to see if I'm crazy or not, I went to their podcast feed. So Mm -hmm. their episode from Friday, Trista hosted. 
Then their episode from April 28th, Bob Guinea hosted. April 13th, Bob Guinea and Trista hosted together. April 5th, Jason Mesnick, who, fun fact, was slotted to come on our podcast, and we are still in the works of trying to make that happen, but he spoke with Trista and Bob. Do we think that Trista and Bob are trying to, like, take over? Like, why else would you have hosts host the show that many times? They're clearly trying to, like, feel out an audience, no? I think so. That's what it seems like. I don't want to speak on behalf of my best friend, Ben. Mm -hmm. And we can easily find out, although I don't think he would tell us until it's, like, public, because I'm sure if that is going to happen. But, like, this seems odd to me. We would never have two people come into She's All Batch and host ever, number one. But then Mm -hmm. two for multiple episodes? Yeah. it does. I mean, it does seem like they are trying to transition them into being hosts there may be something that we're missing here like like i said i don't listen to this pod right so they might have said they oh maybe God. said like oh we're going on vacation so trista and bob are going to be hosting in our place but like when there's smoke there's fire and i think this building is a blaze whoa <laughs> <laughs> what's a blaze like on fire famous? i know no, i oh. know but like oh yeah i, I know think what the word means i'm oh. just saying like <laughs> what's what's the thing on fire the podcast um, the pod yeah I, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I, I just think to me, I don't know. I'm not speaking with any authority here, but I think it is, it's odd. I mean, yeah. What the fuck is going on with clickbait? While we're on the topic, they have uh, different wait, hosts. Did I every... tell you I asked Joe about that? And he said he didn't know. <laughs> so that's not really a good. Joe who? Amabili. Wait, when? When I saw him in Tribeca that one time. Yeah, like forever ago? Yes, you've said that. Oh, okay. oh That was like well, months ago. <laughs> Well, they still don't know. They're still switching out the hosts, I guess. (laughs) Well, every time I get, like, those things will come up on my Explore page, and it's like Aaron Clancy, Jill, Mari. I think they're literally just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. sticks. Because, like, call me crazy, I don't think that podcast is probably doing that well, and they're probably, like, trying to find the right combination of hosts. But the real answer is... Just like, just don't do it unless you can, unless you can really like go more behind the scenes and give people what they want. You're people don't want to hear this fluff anymore. I'm sorry. Especially with these shows like She's All Batch out there. Like, why are you going to go listen to people like tiptoe around the questions Mm -hmm. that you really want to know when you could just come here and we'll fucking tell you that Susie, Susie's uh, shopping date was all H&M. Like, you're not going to fucking hear that on clickbait. Right. True. So, facts. I don't know. Those are big facts. I will disagree with you, though. I don't think that clickbait is doing bad. I think they're doing good enough. Because, I mean, they mm-hmm. do have the backing of this massive network. I can't imagine that they're doing... I think they're they're profitable, I would think. Why Maybe. else would you keep doing Otherwise, it? why are they continuing yeah. to do it? And I guess, like, they're going to get Gabby, Zach's runner-up, before other people do. Yeah. So, but, like, she's not going to share anything. So it's like, you want to hear from Gabby, but you're going to hear her talk about the weather. So I I don't know. It's like a give and take here. Totally. I don't know. Like, I want to, I listen to podcasts that I can, like, relax and listen to. Like, I don't want, like, I don't want to hear fluff. I don't want to hear stupid shit. But I want to also, like, plug in my headphones and, like, go for a walk or go to the gym. And I don't know. Clickbait's not doing it for me. And yeah, I, I feel like my anxiety level goes up three <laughs> yeah, percent. Yeah, right. When I listen, honestly, same way thing when I when it, on the off chance I would listen to Nick's podcast. You've oh, said this God. in the past too that like your anxiety goes up like five percent by just hearing his voice. 
Yeah. Which I think what you should do to bring that anxiety back down is microdose some THC. I've talked to you guys a little bit about how I'm the worst sleeper in America. I think I will be crowned that title. But recently I've been sleeping actually pretty well because I have tried microdose gummies and been microdosing THC. And I've really been having a good experience with it. I was really hesitant to try them because I actually haven't had the best experience with other types of gummies in the past, other THC gummies. But these ones in particular, microdose gummies, are just the right amount of THC and C so that I'm like relaxed and chill, but not all paranoid and up in my head, which has been my experience with other gummies. And I can actually sleep. Like my body feels heavy in the best way. Like you want to feel like you're melting into your bed. And that's what I get with these. Totally. And like, especially after like having to listen to a Nick Vial episode, you need that. I need that. I need to take a tiny dose of the THC that is in these microdose gummies. And it really has worked really for me for my anxiety. Typically like a half gummy is the perfect dose for me to help relax. But I mean, you can like kind of explore what works well for you. Totally. Yeah. So if you guys want to learn more, Microdose is available nationwide. You can learn more about microdosing THC by going to microdose.com and using code she's all batch and that will get you free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that is microdose.com with the code she's all batch. And after you Kind of relax. <laughs> you take said gummy. You're feeling, you're feeling good. You're going to want to, like Jackie said just before, you want to melt into your bed. Mm-hmm. What better way to melt when you have freaking attitude sheets on your bed? Like, I don't know of a better way. No, that's literally the best way to melt. Uh, second place would be getting water thrown on you and melting like the Wicked Witch of the West. But first place would Ooh. be taking a gummy and then slipping into Etitude Sheets. Etitude Sustainable Bedding is made from the first non-toxic bamboo fabric. So it's really, not only are they super comfortable, you can rest easy knowing that your bedding is free from harmful chemicals and it's better for you and for the planet. So right now, Etitude is offering She's All Batch listeners $25 off their first bedding order when you use code She's All batch yeah so go to attitude.com slash she's all batch and see what they have to offer i think you guys would really like like their styles are really pretty i have this dark navy blue sheets what co- didn't you say you have like a dark red or something yeah mine are like um the maroon an orangey like red color no it's like a rust color but i feel like it goes really nicely with my room because my room's yeah. more like white bedding but then like the cheetah rug is more like neutrals and stuff so it kind of gives a little pop of color yeah like they're actually like they're very pretty sheets they're aesthetically pleasing but they're so fucking comfortable so it really is like a win-win across the board so don't forget you can get 25 dollars off your purchase for a limited time when you visit attitude.com slash she's all batch the attitude team is so sure you'll love your new sheets you could try them 30 nights risk-free and return them if you're not in love no questions asked again that's Attitude.com slash she's all batch, E T T I T U D E dot com slash she's all batch for $25 off. Happy sleeping. All right, guys, we have Lacey Mark here. You remember her from Nick Vial season, an iconic season, and also Bachelor in Paradise. Lacey, thank you for coming on She's All Batch. Yes, thank you for having me. How does it feel to be a part of like a really memorable season? Because some people don't get that lucky. I feel like that's the question I get the most, honestly, from from just everyone everywhere, even like when I was 
fresh off of the show and people would you know, stop me at bars. Like that's what they, that's actually what they want to know. They're like, this season was so different. It was, there were so many curveballs. Like, what was it like? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like nothing like for real fans of the show. It's like nothing they've ever seen before. Yeah. Why do you think that is that? Cause I do think Nick's season really had something special about it. And I can't put my finger on what it was. It's like, I think we kind of forget how long ago it was. And it was kind of the, it's the first season where they didn't take a lead from the previous season. So that was kind of like the biggest thing ever. And then also like in the press too, they were teasing that like, you know, it's going to be Robbie, it's going to be Chase. And even to us, when we were going through casting, they were telling us it's going to be Robbie or Chase, it's going to be Robbie or Chase. And then they're like, surprise, it's Nick. I mean, like for me, I have not really watched the show prior to like, Ben Higgins season. So I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I had to like look into it. I didn't really know who he was. So I think that's kind of like what set it off. And then I feel like production did a very good job at like playing to that with who they chose to be on this season. Okay. It was, I feel like it was very balanced in terms of like people creating chaos, people there for the right reasons. And then people who were like actually interested in dating Nick. And I feel like the current seasons are not as balanced as that mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. So. What category do you think you fall in out of those ones? None of them. I was just happy to be there. Yeah. Honestly. Like, yeah. <laughs> again, because they weren't telling us throughout casting, like who the lead was. So it's not like for me, I was getting excited about the potential of falling in love with Nick. I was just like, why do you guys keep picking me? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I am not your typical, like, bachelor mold I'm like why do you guys keep putting me through round after round and I think it was because I was so uninterested in the whole process do you feel like Nick um actually gave you a chance no but I think a lot of this is predetermined honestly I think as viewers we're getting smarter and being able to figure out kind of how this all works in advance I think a lot of it just kind of just you know, they knew when they were casting Corinne, what they wanted to do with her and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. I think I was like what they would consider like filler cast. You do? Yeah, do you- I think I was like a bench warmer. <laughs> oh, man, that's unfortunate, though, because like you dedicate so much time, effort, money to get on the show and to have that feeling kind of sucks. I think I piqued his interest for like a second. Like the the one time I felt like he might be interested for literally a hot second was um, when I was talking to him about living in New York because um, I lived in the city at the time and he loves New York City. He still does. He still visits the city all the time with his fiance. Like he loves like the New York lifestyle. So I was chatting with him for like a second about that. And I'm like, oh, he found something that's interesting about me. Mm-hmm. But then there was also, you know, 20 other girls who had things just as interesting to say to him. So. Right. It looked like Vanessa was predetermined too from the beginning. Like he speaks about it throughout the season that she was someone he had his eye on. And then he's admitted post-show that like it was her. So it was kind of like once he met all the girls he knew and it was just you about writing it out. Tell. Like I would say, I mean, I wasn't there long enough <laughs> to make like a, a, a more full or accurate assessment but from what I saw in the two row ceremonies that I was present for he would like eye her constantly like his eyes were never off of her he was like he would gravitate towards her and I think there's some other contestants who have gone on record like kind of saying the same thing even farther along that like they knew it was always going to be Vanessa they could kind of just tell Mm -hmm. um 
but so you night one you show up on a camel which is obviously <laughs> an iconic entrance you brought um, it in your suitcase easy <laughs> my grandma loved that yeah, yeah they talked about oh. oh here I brought this um how did that come about I'm obviously assuming you did not bring a camel in your suitcase and that was something that was suggested that you do but how do they kind of push those entrances on different people it was a joke um like, mm-hmm. um, like it was a, a joke that the producers kind of planned. They do let us choose our own, like how we want to enter. Like they meet with us a few days before we talk through it and kind of what we want to do, what we want to do. And again, I was never this, like, this was never going to be my life term, Right. So I wasn't interested in like making a spectacle, even though I did, or like being that person. So I said to the um, producer that was assigned to me that, I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to get out of the limo, introduce myself and and go inside. That's more my vibe. That's more my style. And he was like, yeah, you could do that. Or you could do this. And I think he came up with it kind of like as a joke and then talked to the right people. And it actually happened. Um, And they came to my room the next day. They're like, good news. We got the camel, which like actually was kind of a wrench in like I had to change my wardrobe because I couldn't get on and off the camel in the gown that I had mm. picked out, which then I ended up in a red dress, which if you remember, yes, that was the course. season where everyone entered in red. And I was like, really mad. I couldn't wear my black gown because I couldn't get on and off this exotic animal in it. And it just, it just turned into this whole thing. But my grandma was watching the premiere with her friends and she was like, did you have to make the sex joke really? And I was like, well, it's kind of funny. For listeners that don't know, she rides in on a camel and says, I hear you like a good hum. So we just spoke to someone who they had a comedy date, a different season. And producers were really trying to get someone to tell a certain joke. And she's like, I'll fucking do it. I don't care. And then she does it. But she said that she watched the producer like go and ask a bunch of girls. Were they trying to push the camel on multiple people and you took the bait? I'm a, I would assume yes. Okay. Um, I don't have confirmation on that just because like you're so isolated. You are only speaking to that one producer that you're only mm-hmm. that that's assigned to you the, the whole time before filming actually starts. So I would imagine, yes, I would assume that they probably floated it by a few other people and they were like, no, I don't want to do it. And then again, I was just like happy to be there. So I was like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, So like, sure. Why not? (laughs) Any idea where they get said camel? Yeah. Like where, how does one be like, hi, I have one camel, please bring it to this house. (laughs) We might want to ask the interns that one. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Um, No, no idea. No idea. But the camel was very friendly. (laughs) A very, very nice. Do you guys still keep in touch? Pamela Anderson and I go way back. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You brought up the red dress. We had Alexis Waters on a long time ago, and she said that they pushed the red dress on her. She was like toying between other dresses, and they're like, no, this red one looks looks really good. And then she realizes that she was set up. Did they push your red dress on you? No, um, they didn't really seem to care about my wardrobe, probably because like, again, I was filler cast, so it didn't really matter. Um, but they didn't really care. They just like needed to know which one I was wearing for whatever reasons they need to know everyone's wardrobe in advance. Um, but the dress, the black dress that I planned on wearing was like a mermaid fishtail type of dress. So I couldn't like separate my knees so much, which is why I couldn't 
get on and off the camel and had to had to switch to the short. How did you get off? Now I'm trying to think about it. How did the camel have to like lay down? How did you get off? There was a step ladder. Okay. Um, so I got up the step ladder and then some of the producers like had to push me up from the last step on the step ladder. So the camel is tall because Nick is Nick is tall. Nick is what six something. He's not short. And when I was sliding off the camel, he was like very far below me. It was like, I had to have at least been seven feet in the air, I think. That's amazing. Kind of scary. Yeah, <laughs> it is a little know. scary. I'm like, why did I choose to do this? <laughs> but that's the thing is like, they came to me with that suggestion, right? And like, I could have said no. Like I could have right. said to them like, no, I just want to get out of the limo. But I was like, that's very funny. Sure, let's do it. <laughs> I think a little part of me thought they couldn't pull it off too. Yeah, it was, it's also like, yeah, Not many people get to ride camels on TV. So you can say check that one <laughs> off your bucket list. Yeah. You bring up like, I, I know you like a good hum. Did girls in the house talk about that? Like, cause he had that reputation of being like the sexy bachelor. Was that like talked about? No. Okay. Honestly, it was not talked about at all. It was a, a line that I was fed. Um, and like they, uh, they asked me if I was comfortable saying it. It wasn't, you know, forced upon me or anything like that. Um, but at least the time that I was there, it was not a topic of conversation. Okay. Honestly, they just thought like most of the girls couldn't even hear what I said um, when I was on the camel because they were inside the house mm-hmm. and the driveway, like where I was on the driveway, because they could only bring the camel in so far. It was like far out. So nobody knew what I said. Actually, I had to tell some of them what I said when I got inside because they asked. Um that's so kind of what like, I mean, though, like the conversation, like it, once you're in the house and everyone's obviously talking about Nick, like, oh, did you watch his season? Did you see this? Like, are people saying like he's known as a sexy, sexy bachelor? That's what I was just wondering. But not really. Honestly, okay. like for me, I, I can't swear for everybody. But for me, like when I got inside the house, we weren't talking about what we were doing, like at all, unless mm-hmm. like there was a camera in our face and we were kind of like being asked to. It was mm-hmm. a lot of just like small talk, like you're kind of like at sorority rush is what it reminded me of. Um, -hmm. And we weren't really talking about like what we were actually doing, except for like the moments when we were supposed to. Corinne obviously very quickly became one of the people that was getting a lot of attention in the house. Did you see anything kind of behind the scenes where she was either like encouraged to say certain things or like specifically with the date where she takes her top off? Like what was the whole behind the scenes of getting Corinne in a more Corinne state. These producers are experts at bringing out our most authentic selves, Um, I guess is the best way to put it. I think they give you a lot of suggestions and a lot of nudges, and it's up to you as to whether or not you want to do that. Like I see, I listen to a lot of these interviews and a lot of people are like, producers made me do this, producers made me do this. And for me, my, my experience, it was more so like a producer suggested this but I didn't want to do it so I said no and it was fine so like you can always say no to their suggestions if you want to at least in my experience which is a little different than than maybe Corinne's current having been on the season for much longer and going much further and stuff like that but um I was on that date um where she took her top off in the pool and I actually don't know um the details behind it whether that was her idea or a producer's idea I heard rumblings that it was a producer's idea but I'm not sure Mm. to be honest I was very much like in my own world again because I wasn't trying to make anything out of it I was like (laughs) 
I'm just happy to be invited. I'm genuinely to happy to come on the group. I was like, you guys picked me. Don't understand why, but here I am. So I'm just going to have a good time. And like, I wasn't really paying attention to a lot of the stuff happening around me, which like I probably should have. Maybe I would have like gone a little bit further if I wasn't just so like, oh, I got invited. I remember, like, <laughs> I remember scenes where you and Josephine, you guys were kind of like Corinne's friends earlier on in the season. Like, I just remember there being some scenes where the three of you would be talking and she would kind of like unload onto you guys. Did, did you feel that way? Did you feel like you guys were genuinely friends? And I, think, I think Josephine and I are very good listeners. Okay. Um, we were two individuals who did a lot more listening than we did talking in our time on the show. So I think you see a lot of that. Corinne was also uh, my roommate on the show. So um, I got to know her on like a more personal level. So like she felt comfortable with me and would like want to chat with me and stuff like that. We kept in touch a little bit after the show. Um, but I think it more so came down to like, you know, some people want the spotlight and are going to do all the talking. And then some people are doing all the listening. Um, and I think in that mm -hmm. moment, Josephine and I were just happy to listen and absorb and, and help her if she needed advice or something like that. That bridal date though, you, you got a lot of narration time. I distinctly remember <laughs> I was like for someone that like you went home I think that that episode I think I, I did yes <laughs> so it, it is crazy I mean and they know that you're going home obviously because they're editing it after the fact but you got you edited or you narrated that date like there was well, a lot I think of you it's there because that date was kind of built around my personal insecurities which <laughs> and this is not a secret I think everybody knows that the producers get to know us and whatever they find out they, they use however they see fit and I had mentioned to, I forget who it was, I had mentioned to someone, I don't know if it was on camera or just to a producer in private, but I had mentioned at one point, I was like, I'm always a bridesmaid, never a bride. And then they put me on a date where I was a bridesmaid and everybody else was a bride. I'm like, I see what they did there. Yeah, why so, couldn't you guys <laughs> all be brides? Like, it actually was kind of shitty that some of you had to be bridesmaids. I don't know. I had to be a bridesmaid for Danielle Lombard, who's like the most beautiful person inside and out in the entire world. And I'm like, I can't even be mad about this because like she yeah. is so fabulous. And I'm just sitting there holding my bouquet and my like ugly purple satin dress. And I'm like <laughs> smiling with like my silly little ponytail. And I'm like, how many satin factories had to die for me to wear this dress while this is happening right now? <laughs> yeah. Were you really bummed? Like, was it actually like, did you feel insecure in that? a little bit like I think I was a little bit like shell-shocked at first because I was like this is something that I told them bothers me and now it's the central theme of a date but when it came down to it everyone was actually having a really good time like they don't show a lot of the b-roll like us getting ready and them doing like the bridal hair and makeup on us and stuff but like even just the girls hanging out together like we were having fun we were in this mm -hmm. sick mansion we were getting our hair and makeup done like some of us in very silly ways right like remember Vanessa was the 80s bride yeah like it was we were kind of just having a good time so I didn't really think about it until we went to do the photo shoot and everyone was taking their photos with Nick and I'm like I'm just never gonna have a moment with him on this date as a bridesmaid if I don't create it so and then you did were you nudged to do that um maybe a little bit <laughs> but it also was something I wanted to do right um I did want to get to know him and see if there was potential there because I had spoken to him maybe for like seven whole seconds in totality before that <laughs> um so you always want to test the waters and see if there's chemistry see if there's 
anything there. And I knew if it was something that I wanted to test out that I had to make it happen for myself. Well, good for you. <laughs> Thank That's you. not where your journey ended though. <laughs> that is, that is not where my journey ended. Sorry. My dog is going crazy. Oh my oh, gosh. This is Jerry. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> How did they approach you to go to paradise? Cause you're saying yourself, you felt like you were filler and then they call you to go to paradise. Did you feel like you were going to finally get like a redemption? So, um, and this is also not new information. It's kind of like built into my storyline on paradise, but, um, Daniel and I were kind of already a thing before paradise and producers knew about it. So I think that helped. Um, because like, if you think about it, it's a business, they need a certain amount of success stories that they mm -hmm. have to cast. Um, and they, I guess to them, like they knew that like Daniel and I were allegedly going to be a success story at that point in time. So that helped. And then again, another non-secret is that the reunion show is really an audition. Um, and I oh, had yeah. my moment on the reunion show. Um, and I did, I guess, prove myself in their eyes. So they uh, approached me after that. Did they say anything to you at the Women Tell All, like kind of getting you pumped and ready for quote unquote, the audition? Not really, because um, they like can't call it that. Because <laughs> it's sure. like something we all like know that we're not supposed to know, but we do know type of a thing. Um, but they did kind of guide me in that. Um, I wasn't on the show for very long, so there wasn't many conversations that I could participate in that they were going to be talking about. I had like one opportunity and they were like, this is probably one conversation and probably the only conversation that you could participate in that would make sense. So think about what you might want to say. So when that moment happened, I was like ready for that moment, but they didn't tell me like what to say. Mm -hmm. And you called Nick out for friend zoning you. Yeah. I mean, I think that was kind of a stretch, but I had to say something. Okay. But it worked. <laughs> like, it, it got you. probably didn't even remember my name. Like, I was, like, I, had, I was like, who are you? Like the, the New York City girl that I met for 10 minutes. <laughs> the bridesmaid? Yeah. Would you be willing to share how much Paradise paid you? Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to. We mm. asked that question to everyone. You don't have to if you don't want to. Um, I mean, I guess. If you're not comfortable, it's fine. We have, <laughs> we, it, we can I, don't, I don't know if they're going to yell at me or not. It's fine. We've gotten no everything from like 400 a day to 800 a day to 20 grand flat fee. So crazy I range. Say I probably got paid like the base minimum lowest that they could pay a contestant <laughs> because I was a nobody. <laughs> Stop saying that. You obviously were somebody you're on the show. <laughs> well, like in, in that world, right? Like there's always a certain amount of unknown people that they cast every season. And I was like that person for that season. Do you so. feel like there's a hierarchy on the beach? Oh yeah. I think it's like evident in production too. Like your, your stars of the show are getting better treatment than your, than your newbies. It's, it's kind of easy to tell. Um, people are always trying to further their agenda in this world and be closer with the people who can get them further. I think I struggled a lot on paradise because I don't operate that way. I'm like, if you're a good person, you're a good person. I don't care if you have a million followers or two followers. Um, and I think on my season specifically too, a lot of the girls went in as like a very solid core group of friends, like Jasmine, Alexis, D'Lo, Christina, they were all very, very, very good friends going into this. And I was very much an outsider. 
and no one was really interested in letting the new girl in. So I was alienated quite a bit, especially until um, Daniel showed up. I was like very, very much alone and I would confide in producers about it. And they're like, if you don't go in there and try to force yourself into those circles and try to force yourself into those friendships, like this is going to feel very, very long for you. And you're going to be very unhappy throughout this whole process. And I was like, that's a good point. Like my, the way I handle conflict is not saying it's healthy. I avoid it. So if I'm trying to break into this group of friends and they are not accepting of me, then I just walk away. And the producer's like, you can't do that. That is kind of what's going to be your downfall here. And it was actually really good advice from this producer that gave me that information. It was like, try to make the best of it. Try to make friends. And I did, but I think I was just not everybody's cup of tea because I'm not the bachelor mold. So you'll see when you watch my season back, a lot of people like calling me the weirdo or calling me annoying. I'm like, I'm not a weirdo and I'm not annoying. I'm just not interested like in my next revolve deal. And that's like what a lot of people are here for. It's just a different mindset going into it. I was like, I am here to do this process with Daniel. And that's like kind of it. And I would love to make friends in the process. That would be amazing. But they, the girls were just like not interested. Was there a lot of talk amongst those girls about like brand deals, looking for people who maybe had a higher following or more clout to date on the beach? Like, was that something that was openly discussed? It wasn't openly discussed, but you could tell that like many of the girls like got all their outfits sponsored and mm. ahead of time. And I was like, oh, you could do that because I was <laughs> like, I didn't know. And like, it was just, it was, it was tough. The girls were not, not that, that interested. I remember when my grandfather passed away during filming and I was leaving. So I went into the girls changing quarters to tell them that I was leaving and everyone was gathered there. The whole female cast was there. We hadn't really started for the day yet. It was like 7 30 or 8 in the morning and I went in there and I'm hysterically crying and I'm telling them like I have to leave here's what's going on and like everyone just looked at me like said okay and then like continued their conversations like nobody gave me a hug nobody consoled me no one was like I'm so sorry and like conversely when I walked out of the women's quarters like Nick B, Ben Zorn, like a whole crew of the the nicest, nicest guys were out there, like saying like, we just heard, we're so sorry, like giving me a hug, like saying like, tell me about your grandpa, like tell me about his life. And I'm like, this is so strange. Like this kind of compassion is coming from the men and not from the women. Uh, But that's just kind of what the, what it was like to be the new person who wasn't part of the crew. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was you a, do- honestly, it was a good learning experience because I learned about how much I should open up to people, how I should trust people. It was, it ended up being formidable for me moving forward. But at the time it was like, what is happening here? <laughs> like, well, what did I do to any of these people for them to be so standoffish to me? I don't even know them. <laughs> and that's still the case. You're not friendly with those people. I'm not, I'm not in touch with anyone in the cast anymore. Um, I think in the beginning I tried a little bit, but there was still that level of like, people didn't want to include me in things. And because they didn't want to include me in things, I didn't try. Um, I'm just like, all right, if you're going to do this event in the city, two blocks from my apartment and not invite me, I'm not going to like push my way in and try to be invited. That's just weird to me. Yeah. It's like clicky high school stuff. Yeah. Well, that was the same season too of like scallop fingers and 
and all of that stuff with Kristen Whitney. And we had her on the show early on and she kind of opened up about feeling so bullied by not just those girls, but like production as well. It was hard to watch, honestly. And like, I was not present for the initial moment, um, like months before where that incident that they kept bringing up happened. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, why are, like, why is this a thing? Like, why, why does it, why does it matter? And I think like what happens is the nice girls like Kristen or like me who are just like not interested in feeding into the drama end up suffering. Yeah. Kristen was saying that like, she didn't know that obviously all the stuff was being discussed about her calling her scalp fingers until she was watching it back. She'd be like, it's so weird. Why do they keep bringing me like plates of scallops or like shrimp or seafood things? Like, did you know on the beach that they were kind of saying those things about her in their interviews and stuff? I didn't know about the ITMs, but um, I would think I was present for some of the group conversations and I just like didn't know what it was because I was Mm -hmm. was like, oh, what are they talking about? Oh, it's something from like months ago when they were all hanging out in LA. Okay. And I would just like. like, Yeah. And you're like, why wasn't I called to go to that LA party? Yeah. Why wasn't I invited? (laughs) I would eat scallops too. I like scallops. But you did leave. You touched on your grandfather's passing. Obviously, we're so sorry. And that sucks that that had to happen on TV. You came back, though. So did production call you to come back? Like, how did that work? So when I was leaving, um, Elon Gale was in charge at the time, who's no longer with the show. And Elon had sat me down and he said, you know, this is not an elimination. We don't we don't punish people for bad things happening in life. He's like, whenever you feel like you are ready. If you feel ready, if you don't, that's okay too. Cause you know, everyone handles grief differently. It's like, we are saving your spot for you. So don't even think about that. Go home, do what you need to do. And then just let us know within like a few weeks, like what you decide. So they were very much putting the ball in my court, which I appreciated mm-hmm. a lot. Um, they had also asked my permission, which I very much appreciated too, on what they could and couldn't film um, in terms of like, me getting the news, talking about why I was leaving and things like that. Um, I kind of met with Elon um, and some of the other producers who were a little bit higher up on like how we wanted to do this because I was kind of just going to be missing for a few episodes and we and needed to tell people why. Um, yeah. So they did very much let me guide the narrative on um, what could be filmed, right? I said, I don't like if I'm on the phone with my family talking through like details and stuff like that, you're not filming it. And they were like, okay, great. Um, and I was like, but I will do an exit interview. Um, I will let you ask me a few questions in the exit interview and we'll be, we'll be fine. Uh, which they were appreciative of because they were happy to get the footage because they used a lot of that footage of me crying throughout the rest of the season. Mm. Wait, so are you like crying about your grandfather and then they're playing it look like you're crying about Daniel? Sometimes. Wow. Sometimes. Classic. <laughs> that yeah. is very classic. Yeah. They're like, let's be compassionate and 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 let her guide this situation. But then let's also see what we can get. <laughs> it's a business. Honestly, I'm not upset about it. I don't take it personally. And I think that's something people forget is they go into this thinking like all these people are their best friends. They're going to have the best time. I'm like, guys, they have to get the show renewed. So they have to do whatever they have to do to yeah. make a really great season. Don't forget that. And I think people forget it a lot. You bring up some of the um, girls on the show that didn't really include you. But then during the after show, when you're kind of like putting Daniel in his place, 
I felt like the girls rallied around you. Like you. I think people were mad. I think people were really, really mad about how Daniel played the system. I don't think it was specific to me. Like, I don't think it was more like, I don't think it was like Lacey's our good friend. We're going to support her. I think it was like, they're very, they were very upset that Daniel abused the bachelor system because it's something that we fight against all the time, trying to let people know that like, this is real. It's not fake, blah, blah, blah. And Daniel very obviously made it clear that it was not a real situation for him. So I think people were mad in that sense and were happy to see that exposed. And everyone Keeping loves the- a female redemption story too. I of don't think course. anyone was going to support Daniel in that situation. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And keeping the Daniel questions to a minimum. So you you were saying like you guys were kind of having a situation before going on the beach. So it was kind of expected that you guys would date when you were down there. When do you think it switched for him to being like a real thing in the real world to he's seemingly keeping this going just to stay on the show longer? I think fantasy suites. I think okay. when he got to fantasy suites, that's when they start talking to you about diamonds. And I think he freaked out and got very, very nervous and didn't want to expose himself, but had to kind of backtrack and try to clean up the mess that he made because he didn't want to propose. Um, that's when I felt like there was a dynamic shift when there was something not right. Um, and it felt very different than it had the prior, you know, four weeks that we were um, mm-hmm. spending time together on the beach. When you guys were like dating prior in the real world, was were you going in with that expectation that this was something that could lead to like a, a long-term committed relationship? Yeah, we had talked about it. We had talked about, okay. you know, because he was based in Vancouver and we had talked about, you know, where we would end up. I wanted to be in the States because my family's in the States. And he actually, at that point in time, had desires to move to either um, LA or South Florida. So it kind of worked out that like, I didn't have to relocate to Canada. Yeah. He was willing to come to the States. Um, Florida is what we discussed the most because it was kind of like a compromise. Daniel wanted warm weather because like you never see the sun in Vancouver. And I wanted to be on the East Coast because my family is all based in New Jersey and New York. So it was kind of like a nice medium for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something that we talked about a lot. Yeah, he sucks. Well, tell us. Um, <laughs> he does. Tell us about life today. You are engaged. You have a much happier life post show. Yes, I'm engaged. We have our son. Um, oh, Jerry. This is Jerry. He's the cutest. And for everyone who's like listening and can't see, Jerry is a dog, not an actual <laughs> human yes, son. Jerry is a dog, not a human son. <laughs> it's like going to be the headline. Like Lacey announces baby. Yeah. Although, I mean, he is my baby. Of course, I, yes. Totally on. <laughs> That's what I say about my dog, too. I'm like my biological daughter that I literally yeah, birthed. I'm like, don't we look alike? I birthed him. <laughs> uh, but yes, I am engaged. Uh, we're getting married in December. We're really, yes. really excited. Uh, we're kind of like in that weird in between now where all the wedding planning is done and we're just waiting for it to happen. And then like the next thing we have to do is like, I don't know, seating charts. Yeah, but that's way down the line. I'll tell you, people stress about wedding planning, but once you get to like, you're all caught up, it's a lot of waiting around. And then you can't do like some of the last minute stuff until literally a week before. So there's no point in stressing. You just sit. Oh, yeah. And we like did everything super speedy too. We got like our venue, our band, or like everything within like a week, like right after we got engaged. Oh, wow. we, We had heard from friends and stuff that like 
2023 dates. So we got engaged in 2022. Um, and we had heard from friends and stuff that 2023 dates were like impossible to get. So we were like, all right, we better hurry up. So like as soon as soon as the ring was on my finger, we started like calling places and booking everything. So we've literally just been chilling since like October. Nice. Oh, that's so nice. exciting. We're so happy for you. Where Thank can you. Our, our listeners uh, catch up with you? So when you do eventually post wedding photos, they can see them. Uh, I've already posted a ton of the engagement photos. My mom is like, you have to stop um, on, <laughs> my, on my Instagram at Lacey M Mark two M's. Um, but you'll find a, a ton of engagement content on there. Cause I literally can't stop. It's like a disease. Cool. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on. This was so nice. Listeners go check out Lacey's Insta and we will be in touch when this episode comes out. Awesome. Thank All you right. guys so much. This thank you for your time. Now. This was fun. Bye. Thanks Lacey. And that's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you hear, make sure you're subscribed so you never miss a future episode. Tell a friend. Tell someone at the supermarket. And <laughs> tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Tell an arch nemesis. Yeah. Do all the things. Write us five stars. Leave us a nice review if you want to be nice because it's always nice to be nice. For sure. Yeah, don't put any negativity out into the universe. Um, you're just going to get it guys, back. But not from us. <laughs> like, we no. will do nothing. But no, just, but like, karma is your boyfriend, and what goes around comes back around. Karma famously said. So, yeah. Also, guys, if you want more content, check out our Patreon. Our most recent episode is all about Bachelor Blinds with the amazing Troy McGeady from the Beyond the Blinds podcast. And he knows all about the blinds world. So we talk about a lot of Bachelor stuff, but we also get into just the mysteries of the world about especially about Britney our, our girl some things about Paris Hilton that I found pretty shocking that I had never heard of before so lots to tune into over there yeah go check it out and like I said last week just go to patreon.com slash she's all batch and just you could literally like explore there's actually things on it like if you're not subscribed for some things you there's like previews so go and and check it out I mean if you're someone that likes listening to us every week and you feel like once a week isn't enough, I have a good solution for you. Totally. So go check it out. Give it a shot. Also, if you want to meet like-minded individuals, go to our She's All Batch Facebook group. It's a group for the diehards. We talk about all things Bachelor and like, I don't know, it's so fun in there. It really brightens my day. I, I love hearing from you guys. It's so nice. So if you have something you want to share, definitely go in there and, and check it out and you can meet other yes. friends other we'll definitely see it in there we're pretty active within the group also you guys can follow us follow stephanie at she's all batch and follow me at jackie maroney underscore if you were like oh my god i need a new outfit for a thing check out our merch shop because what's better to wear in the world than our merch me and stephanie wear it literally every single day if you ever see videos of our recordings nine times out of ten we are wearing merch <laughs> yeah one of us is wearing it yeah like actually when i wear the gray one i have literally like i literally have five i think five um she's all best sweatshirts and i want to get literally why i'm just dragging my feet a little bit but i need to place the order but um when i wear the gray one because i know that's the only one that you have the same of, of the same i yeah. always want to like text jackie and just be like hey before we like interview Clayton Eckerd, like, let's not be wearing the same fucking outfit. Um, yeah. Or should we? Or should we, we team up? I feel like we did wear 
the same. I think we both wore the gray sure. one once. Well, I'm sure anyway, we have. the link to our merch shop is in the episode description. It's always in the episode description. So go click and check it out. Mm-hmm. And is that it? I think that's it. Goodbye, bitches. Bye.